the fabulous Colossus astride the harbor of Rhodes, city of sin, a pagan fortress with an evil purpose. And behind the wicked heart of the Colossus, the fiendish torture chamber. Yeah! How you doing, Finn? Oh, uh, I, I was doing better about two hours ago. What happened two hours ago? Uh, two hours ago, I finished watching a really good movie and started watching a really bad movie. <laughs> Uh, okay. I realize like that's how I've chosen to structure like a lot of my a lot of my time these days, and it's just a real real bummer. So Finn, we've spoken. Welcome to Shite and Sound. My name is Ethan Shite. My name is Finn Sound Nicholas. And, uh, and every week uh, we discuss our childhoods, uh, what it was like growing up, and we we reflect a lot on that. Um, and you've been talking a lot about, you know, how you, uh, spent two years wearing camouflage going to high school, um, uh, about how, when you were six, you decided to train yourself to win at staring competitions. Uh, and, and of course about how, uh, you were born 30 days early, fully able to speak uh and with a with with a full set of teeth (laughs) uh uh, and a mane uh uh, two meters of dazzling gold hair (laughs) that were lost when you know they they took you away to give you your jabs and when you were returned your parents were it's strange his hair's gone and uh the, the the midwives um were like no there was there was no hair. And then they're like, no, we're sure we've got these photos. Uh, and then they... And then women would have turned to the camera and said, it's a Satanist thing. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah. But I, we've never really talked. We've talked about, obviously, all the upsides of being young, wearing camo. <laughs> being good at staring competitions. Being good at staring competitions. We've never really spoken a lot about regret. What would you say is your... <laughs> this is a great way to start a comedy podcast. I love this a lot. It's not a comedy podcast. It's a childhood podcast. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Because what I want to get to is is um I really struggle because you wouldn't know it to look at me, but I did a lot of things wrong when I was young. I look back on things I did that that were shitty when I was a kid or a teen or last week. <laughs> no, I, I think a lot of people are really able to look back on their childhood self and be like, lol, for instance, I wore camo to school. <laughs> Why am I dwelling on that so much? But for me, I'm like, I really struggle to talk about my great kind of childhood regrets. And that's because, like, I don't, I think that's still me. Like, I kind of feel like the only difference between me then and me now is that, like, I'm taller. And you got a podcast? Uh, I mean... The technology did not yet exist. Yeah. Um, so how are you? When you look back on old young um, Finland Nicholas, Finland Audio Nicholas, um, Audio Technica Nicholas, are you able to kind of, do you see that as you or do you see it as someone else? Is this your only idea for the intro this week? <laughs> this is my only idea for an intro this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay I, I see it as me yeah uh, okay any anecdotes no nothing no not particularly uh, no. okay God, i'll try a different intro okay <laughs> actually i gotta tell you that 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 failure of an intro 
And the idea that we'll move on to make this kind of good and entertaining <laughs> is the best possible yep. in, intro uh, we did. Because this week, um, I lied to you earlier, this is Shane Sound, it's the International Film Podcast, where we, we watch a good film and a bad film. Uh, sometimes they're connected by uh, genre. They, they don't steal my intro. <laughs> Please, that's all I've got. <laughs> that's all you've got. Um, uh, but the best... <laughs> Uh, the best connection to make between kind of the way to introduce these two films is by failing and then going on to do better, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. So if we want to like pay the, the correct amount of homage to these two movies, we need to start off by doing uh, a really bad job in the first half, and then do maybe the best thing we've ever done in, in the second half. I, I mean, that's a debate we can have later in the podcast. Yeah. I mean, it'll be well, so you're saying Thomas Harris is going to call again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it has to occur naturally. I mean, naturally. We have to wait for the natural moment for us to pretend <laughs> for Thomas Harris to call. He's just such a big fan. <laughs> like, like, I, I, like right now, I can see the switchboard is lighting up, but like, it's not the appropriate time to 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 to, to put old Tommy on the air yet. Um, I can I can check though. <laughs> I could check. Hey, uh, caller number one, are you Thomas Harris? No, it's me. <laughs> oh, hi, hi, Arthur. How's it going? Oh, sorry, Edward. Edward. <laughs> no, you annoyed oh. him. And you know, oh, sorry, Edward... sorry. I got Edward Nigma and Arthur Fleck confused. <laughs> oh, God. Um, have you heard the theory? There, there is an extensive, well-researched and like annotated. You know how um, when people like things, sure. Um, they they will become somewhat obsessive about it, yeah, and they'll begin to kind of track plots uh, and stuff. And one of the two credited screenwriters on uh, the Tenant Batman crossover film, where um, Batman is going to no, in in the in the upcoming uh, Pat's Batman film, right? Yeah. Which, which they're just calling the Batman now because they're yeah. just like whatever. Come on. Um, it's it's because it's a sequel to the to 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 a Mel Gibson Santa Claus movie Fat Man, just coming out this year. It's going to be such a big hit. It's already the thing about Mel Gibson is everyone wants to see movies he's in. <laughs> the problem with Fat Man is that everything about that film looks dope except for the fact that it contains Melbourne Gisborne. Yeah, just like Dragged Across Concrete or the, the first two Mads Max Mads Mackelsons. <laughs> Mads Mackelson's furry load. <laughs> are you are you listening out there? They're not listening because I cut it out. Mads Mackelson's. No, like okay. I found out in the past few weeks of like both my parents have started listening to this. <laughs> oh no! They, they, they both like I I would not tell them what the podcast is called, and they both found it by googling Finn Nicholas podcast. Oh wow! Are there many others? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, there must be another, like there are, Finn and Nicholas are common enough names that there must be another Finn Nicholas with a podcast, right? Mm, I hope not. But anyway, when fa fans, they become obsessed. Uh, and one of the, the credited screenwriters on The Batman. The Batman. Has no other credits, but has a famous spec script uh, that people really love. And the spec script is 
ballistic x versus sever <laughs> now it's basically like silence of the lambs but it's batman and the joker having to take down the riddler um but with the names right, sh- yeah. shaved off uh which to tell you like the the very fact that that's like oh an acclaimed spec strip script that got him work and you're like oh fucking really <laughs> really mates um is that the is that a twist reveal in the Batman is that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is going to be in it as a kind of, um, as a Hannibal Lecter character. Right. Helping him take down Paul Dano's Riddler and Colin Farrell's Penguin. And can I tell you, like, is it like, that's the way to make Joker worse, right? Like, is to be like, okay, let's take this character. Obviously, uh, they're currently planning sequels, um, which is a great way to make it worse. I mean, about like he, if he had only killed people of color, is a way to make it worse. But the way to make you know the film we got worse, um, is if that was possible, is to make him Hannibal Lecter opposite Robert Pattinson. Yeah, right. Because like the thing about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, which is a thing that I think makes. Which is like make, 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 makes it, well, one of the many things that makes him not really work as a character is that Joaquin Phoenix's whole take on the character is he's not very smart, <laughs> he's not good at things. But, which like the Joker, <laughs> traditionally at least, is smart and good at things. Like he's 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 kooky. I'll, I'll give you that. He's he's, a, he, he's, he's he's a bit of a wild card. But like he's he's a he's a fucking he's a fucking smarty pants who knows like who has some idea of what he's doing. Whereas Walking Phoenix's Joker is just like, oh, my mum was mean to me. I'm gonna I guess I'll smother her. <laughs> Have you seen my shoulder bones? Mm, why bother? <laughs> um, I'm Eeyore Joker. Eeyore Joker would be a much. F- <laughs> okay, we've talked about ways to make Joker worse. Do you want to know? But, but, but they're a massive, but some guy is like unearthed that and there's like massive screed long post on Reddit of like in-depth proper like academic level research right. proving that that's the twist and it is just like oh my god i like i hate this this idea exists and i hate but like apparently there are lo- loads of shots in the trailer that are just taken from silence of the lambs oh, <laughs> and it is like oh my god God, Jonathan Demi has already directed a Batman film, and that film is called We Both Know It it's Together. Something wild. <laughs> I was going to go with Philadelphia. <laughs> he's already he's already directed a Batman film. It's called Married to the Mob. <laughs> it's yep. called Ricky and the Flash. <laughs> Ricky and the Flash, but oh yeah, but fuck, Ricky but, but, is Batman. Yeah, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh yeah, the Flash is already a DC character. But also, like Meryl Streep. I should have said Rich were getting married. <laughs> Meryl Streep as Batman and her daughter, whose name I can't remember, who plays her daughter in Ricky and the Flash, playing Damian Wayne, the Damian Wayne era Robin. Like, sign me up. DC, if you're listening, um, I, I once read a comic and went, oh, but what if this was gritty? So can I can I make one? Can I? Because I, I just had a thought that like, if... If comic things happened in the real world, they would be that'd be weird and fucked up, eh? Yeah, and we'd, hey. ha- we'd have to like engage with like the fact that like you know this is just like a rich guy who's going around beating up poor people mainly. Yeah, isn't that isn't that isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um. So that's my intro. <laughs>
What was the connection to the movies? I can't. I can't. I, I thought I can't remember what's happening anymore. That we did something bad. Oh, then we yeah. talked about how to make things worse and how to make things better. And then I ended the segment by saying the words, and that's my intro. Yeah, yeah. Your classic catchphrase. <laughs> like I've got it on a t-shirt. I don't have it on a t-shirt. What would your catchphrase be? Oh, possibly don't bother. Oh, I think. Man. I think it'd just be, it'd just be stuttering. Or, no, I mean, I it's, just, it's just a, it's just a t-shirt. But it just, so that's it's just got tear striping the whole way around and never finishes a word. <laughs> You're too mean to yourself. <laughs> that noise? <laughs> that was guttural. That was that. Something has died inside you. Yeah, died in a gutter, just like Muammar Gaddafi. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> You're right. I'm the one who's bringing the intro down. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some other war criminals. <laughs> who's your favorite war oh, criminal? There's so many to choose from. I think it's great that Henry Kissinger's not dead yet. <laughs> I think it's cool that he's still alive and people just treat it like that's normal. Is that Henry Kissinger Compass Mentis? Is he or is he all like is he like Thatcher? Is he just gone? I I don't know. I think like like Thatcher was from 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 what I the, the like last I remember of him, he's still like he's still kind of there. Oh wow! Yeah. Hey Henry Kissinger, if you're listening, thanks for listening to the podcast. But I just want to quite firmly say that I'm a little ticked at some of the things you said and did. Yep. All right. What, what, I remember, like, what, what when when Christopher Hitchens was was dying of cancer, people like asked about his his like regrets. He said the the, the only thing I regret is that I won't live to see Henry Kissinger die. Welcome, to Shaitan Sound. Uh, <laughs> it's a film podcast. We took comedians. Hello, and welcome to Shaitan Sound. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we're watching number 82 on the Sight and Sound list, Once Upon a Time in the West. Sergio Leone's pitch-perfect western about the taming of the West, the end of the cowboy myth and the ruthless and inexorable forward motion of capitalism. Our second film this week is Leone's first film, The Colossus of Rhodes, an interminable swords and sandals drama that I've already forgotten everything about. Yeah, yeah. What happens in the Colossus of Rhodes? <laughs> okay, so a lot of what I, a lot of the experience of watching the Colossus of Rhodes was sitting here with you and just what, like, I was like, I'm, I will pay attention to this, mm. and there's a feeling it like melt across my brain, like water through a duck's back. And so, like, the main thing I remember is that when they get inside the Colossus of Rhodes, 
and they find all this machinery and my brain was like fuck i hope the colossus of Rhodes is a mech and yeah. at the end of this film i mean it, you know what it doesn't become a mech and, and so like really all like my main association for colossus of Rhodes is how much i wish it ended with a mech battle yeah it's like that's that's really all you want but so he made colossus of Rhodes in 1961 it's not good uh nope. I, I don't think that's controversial to say uh, shite <laughs> two years later he makes a fistful of dollars and a fistful of dollars is good uh yeah how i just what and he'd been making films before then but like the the italian film system is weird and, and he he had not directed a whole film but yeah, he, yeah. He'd, worked he, he'd, a lot. He'd, he'd previously partially directed a film called like the last days of pompeii yeah yeah and so like his first two films are these kind of like big dumb historical epic sort and sandal sort of things and then he gets done with those and he's like you know what i want to make good shit now i'm all about westerns i'm all in on clint eastwood and i'm just gonna make movies about cowboys just like just being badass and killing people and and also like being monsters yeah. that we shouldn't admire i mean yeah but also be real cool would you if if you were in the west a mythical place that didn't exist. Do you think you'd be a cowboy? Uh, no, I I would be. We, we've talked about this character before, but I would be W. W. Beauchamp, <laughs> Saul Rubinick's character from Unforgiven. Just a dude who goes around writing, writing books about stuff. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you kill that guy? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Tell me about how you killed the guy. I'll write a book about it. Um, I'd be a corrupt prospector. Oh, nice. Yeah, come here. Oh, I got money. And you know, if, if, yeah, it, wow. it, it's yeah. possible that I, I, I wouldn't have been taught how to how to like read or write in my childhood, so I couldn't yeah. be a W.W. Beauchamp. So in that case, I, I would become a Buster Scruggs. <laughs> and and just, there would be five of you, and three of them would be really interesting, and two would be quite good. No, no, I, I, would, I would be the character of Buster Scruggs. Oh, right. I, would, I would ride around, you know, <laughs> just, just playing guitar and singing, and then uh, brutally murdering anyone who was slightly irritating to me. Do you think Buster Scruggs is what the Coen brothers refer to orgasming as? <laughs> Like Scruggs is is jizz to them. Do they, are they ever like? Oh, we just yeah. Well, well, well I, I, you know, I, 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 believe, I believe right now we've got a call coming in from Francis McDormand who can answer this for us. Uh, hey, Francis. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> so that's an interesting voice you've got there. Have you been smoking in Australia? Uh, yeah, I'm, re I'm really, I'm really sick right now. So tell me, so you've been married to a Cohen for quite a while. Yeah, which, which one am I married to? One of them. Ah. I think it's Ethan, but I wouldn't be no. I feel like you would know. You know, like, are they, are they twins or are they just, like, are they just regular brothers? They're regular. Okay, so they look very similar. If there's one thing I want to make clear about twins is that I consider them abnormal. <laughs> uh, no, they're... A bunch, they're... bunch of bloody freaks they are. <laughs> so I mean, all I know... Francis, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> yeah, Francis, where did you get this information about <laughs> twins from? Was it the film Twins? Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're into... So tell me, the Coens, who you've worked with a lot, and I presume, I think you have a child with at least... With well, with with the one you're married to. I'm 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 pretty, pretty, I'm pretty sure that's true. <laughs> I just can't get over you. Just uh, so is. Look, I'm I'm look I'm I'm the next movie I'm doing. I'm 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 playing an Australian, so I'm just I'm just working 
Oh, okay, okay, so it's not. This isn't a case of like. Uh, no, I, I, I am definitely ill currently, but I'm also playing an Australian. Okay, because I, I thought we were in a situation where this was always your voice, and it's just every other time you're putting on a voice. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it is. So uh, when when the Cohens do the Cohens call Jizz Scruggs? Uh, no, why, 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 why do you think that? Because Buster Scruggs <laughs> could seem like, if someone said to you, oh, I just busted a Scruggs. What? Oh, I, th- I, think, I think you might, you might be, you might be getting, 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 getting my husband and, and, and brother confused with, with the, with the Ghostbuster song, Scruggs makes me feel good. <laughs> Um, um, <laughs> interesting the the line's gone dead and if i look at the phone uh it's not plugged in <laughs> where did they call is the phone haunted yes yeah, this is it's it's it's, it's haunted by the soon-to-be ghost of francis mcdormand <laughs> who as we established is deeply ill <laughs> She's not really. I hope not. She, she's 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 a, she's a, she's one of world cinema's great treasures. Yeah, she's, she's wonderful. She's great. <laughs> um, and you know what we might have to do to that bit of information? Burn after reading. <laughs> <laughs> or we might have to put it on three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Madline. <laughs> we might have to Fargo hit. Oh my God! Three billboards. Isn't that crazy? There are films like Three Bill Woods is one of those films that people that any people liked it at all in any way. When I just find it, like what that film is saying, no, like is their skill in the execution probably, but like it is based on such a like oh what if like like every idea it has is wrong. At least, uh, uh, you know, politically for me, um, I f- feel crazy when people praise it. Like I secretly watched another film. Do you have any films like that? Do you? Uh, gonna... I mean, like I, I, I feel a bit about the Holy Mountain. Okay, like everyone fucking loved, little... everyone Those... loves the fucking Holy Mountain so much. Yeah. I'm just like, no, this is bad. This is bad and boring, and it's not as like visually interesting as you seem to think it is. That's true. Speaking of things that aren't as visually interesting as you think they are, let's not talk about the one Once Upon a Time in the West. Once Upon a Time. I can't, I see that title. I'm expecting a fairy tale. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm expecting Amy Adams to show up, maybe. Well, yeah, we start, we're at a train station, uh, a nice old guy with a visor and two monocles. Yeah, uh, I'm expecting Thomas to come through any moment. Yeah, I just expect like possibly um, the Polar Express to yeah, arrive. Yeah, but the Polar Express to, to, doesn't to take arrive. me up to the, to take me up to the North Pole so I can see Aerosmith playing. Yeah. Um. So, but the Polar Express doesn't arrive. These three guys, who I'd call ruffians. Yeah, one could potentially call them banditos, <laughs> starring Selma Hayek. And and they're and they're hanging I know, that's out. That's 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 banditos with yeah. Selma Hayek and Penelope Cruz. I mean, that's who you would guess. I don't know. Like, I've only barely heard of this film. He's looking it up. Oh come on, who is it? Uh, yeah, it's Penelope Cruz and Selma Hayek. Oh, guess who else is in this fucking movie? You got Steve Zahn. Wow. You got Dwight Yoakam. Okay. Uh, you got Sam Shepard. I mean, yeah. Uh, those are the only people I recognize. <laughs> okay. 
who's who's Ryder? The writer and director, uh, Ryder. So, oh, gross. It was written by Luke Besson oh. and a guy called uh, Robert Mark Kamen, who I think works with Besson a lot. He wrote Fifth Element and Taken. Also mm-hmm. wrote The Karate Kid and the other The Karate Kid. I mean, I but presume it's an adaptation. It's an adaptation. Yeah. Uh, and it was directed by two, I uh, think, like, yeah, two, two Norwegian filmmakers. How 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 do you pronounce that Norwegian name? Was spelled J O A C H I M. Joachim, Joachim. Yeah, I, I would say Joachim, even though I know it's absolutely not correct. I think it's Joachim. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm sorry. The, 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 Norwegian the, 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 the second guy is his, his name is Espen Sandberg. I can say <laughs> that. And uh, the two of them also directed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Uh, okay. And they directed a movie called Max Manus, which is, I don't know, some sort of Nazi thing, but not like pro-Nazi, I don't think. I think it's just about Nazis. I mean, people do wild things after working with Jonathan Depp. Oh, no, this is before, it's in 2008. Oh, I mean, people do crazy things before yeah, working okay. with it's Jonathan a movie, Depp. It's a movie about a, a, a resistance fighter. Ah. And, and the one whose name I can't pronounce, also uh, uh, directed by himself, uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Ah. The sequel to Maleficent. Yeah, didn't see it. No, neither. Even though, oh, it's got Sam Riley in it. I like Sam Riley. Yeah, but there are loads of good actors out there that need somewhere to live, and so they'll work on things. It's also got Leslie Manville. Oh, okay. And it's got Imelda Staunton. Uh, I mean, sure. Warwick Davis. Uh, okay, he'll do anything. Yeah. Uh, um, imagine what? Imagine the pro- Imagine how bad a project you'd have to be making for Warwick Davis to turn you down. I mean, there's like most of the most of the any any of the recent Leprechaun sequels. He doesn't even have knowing cameos in those. No. Because like what one of them was was a was a WWE uh, studios production, of course, starring starring the one and only Hornswoggle. <laughs> a Did given you, name? You're not familiar with Hornswoggle? <laughs> I'm not yet aware of the swag's worth. So Hornswoggle was was a WWE wrestler. <laughs> who, um, uh, his whole thing was he was a little person, so he was of course a, a like leprechaun sort of themed wrestler. Uh, yeah, and he um, yeah he was part of like a double act with with a big Irish guy <laughs> who's called Seamus, and uh, and he was like Seamus's manager, uh, but would also like get into the ring and like secretly beat people up. Was it on this podcast that we talked about my good idea for a wrestling persona? <laughs> which, y- yes, which is being Bruce Banner and Epic Dark out. Yep. Yeah, oh, sorry, and, I like that idea. And so spell. at one point, um, so there was like a bunch of stuff going on with Hornswoggle. At, at, <laughs> at one point, he was at one point he was the, the illegitimate son of Vince McMahon. Like it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a crazy wrestling. Wrestling is real weird, guys. It's insane to me that they find managed to find all these amazing professional real wrestlers, and yet their lives seem so colorful. <laughs> There seem to be so many twisted events going on. Yeah, I was like, it was. I remember when um, there was a fight between two men. One of whom was the Undertaker, and the loser would be buried alive to die. And yeah, I was like, no, it's, so, it's insane. Okay, I, I was, think there was allowed to be broadcast on television. So I'm pretty sure that's the uh, that's the exact match I was just about to bring up. <laughs> so I, 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 it's like the one I know. So I, I, I believe that was 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 was. 
was was Vienna Taker and 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 John Cena. Oh no, no, no sorry, no, no, sorry, Randy Orton. <laughs> Ooh, don't, don't want to be a setup. So yeah. it, was, it was Randy Orton and the Undertaker, <laughs> and the Undertaker lost and ended up being ended up like uh, ended up being uh, ended up dying while he was buried alive by Randy Orton. <laughs> I mean, like several months later, when it was time for the Undertaker to like make his his return to to WWE. Uh, there was this big thing where where, where um they 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 showed almost like this like pre filmed like short film where it was like Randy Orton walking around his house and being haunted by the ghost of the Undertaker, like you know it's a bit where he's like he's like brushing his teeth of a mirror and he looks down to like spit a toothpaste out and he looks out and he's like it's the Undertaker of a mirror and he looks he looks he turns around and the Undertaker's not there and uh, all, all that sort of great stuff and so and so what what and so he's so haunted by like his guilt for killing the Undertaker. And also, just like the actual ghost of the Undertaker, but he goes out. He goes out into the ring, and 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 he says, yeah, uh, "The spirit of the Undertaker, if you can hear me, you know, come come here and face me." And then and then nothing happens, and he's like, mm. and then then the lights go out, and the Undertaker's theme music starts, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" Ah! And and a coffin rolls out. <laughs> And this this fucking coffin rolls right up to the ring and it stops. And Randy Orton, he goes over. And he opens the lid of this coffin. And you know who's inside? The Undertaker? Nah. That's what you fucking think it would be. No, inside is Paul Bearer, the Undertaker's sidekick. And and Paul Bearer. Yeah. And like all WWE psychics, he's a short dude. And and he so the, the coffin lid opens and Randy Orton like looks in it and Paul Bearer like sits like straight up and goes, ah! <laughs> and then Randy Orton freaks out and he turns around and the Undertaker's behind him. Oh, no. I Okay. And, okay, and I I watched that when I was like seven years old. And for months, I could not I could not be in the dark because I knew the ghost of the Undertaker was coming for me. It is pretty crazy that we have this unsimulated <laughs> real sports footage of someone returning <laughs> to life. And yet there's no scientists have not and surely they took the Undertaker in and have checked his DNA just to see how did he survive. I think my 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 favorite my favorite wrestling story is when 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 I was in primary school. I think it was in like year six. Uh, I was talking to a kid who was like a, a year or two younger than me. This kid would have been like nine, and I was talking to him. And we, 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 Can you please tell me the story? Is about the two of you wrestling? Oh, so mm, no. So we, 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 we were talking about wrestling, and I like like a genius uh, told him that wrestling was in fact fake. What? Yeah. And, what? Wait, no. Okay. Well, okay. So I, I since been proved wrong, but I, I, <laughs> but so I, 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 I told him that, that, that uh, yeah. So I, I told him that, like, that, like WWE and stuff is fake, and he's like, but I was just watching a match the other night where like a dude put another dude in a chokehold, and like blood started coming out of his mouth. How, how, how would you fake that? Yeah. And because he's a Ferengi, yeah. and, and and I said, well, he probably had like a, a fake blood capsule in his mouth, and he bites down on it, and he he spits out the fake blood, and it looks like blood, and and it's kind of like. Oh no! Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Is uh, is 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 that how they do it on Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> <laughs> Were you then forced to say no? Yeah, and yeah. so this kid was like, "Off oh, you, sir. At least <laughs> freezer is real." <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be like, "No, that's animated. <laughs> it's not real people." Do you think that that kid like is brushing his teeth? He looks in the mirror, and Goku's behind <laughs> him, and he looks back. Goku's gone.
Oh man, oh. the Dragon Ball film. We should. We need to do that. Yeah. Oh. Dragon, Dragon Dragon Ball Evolution, starring Justin Chatwin and Emmy Rossum oh, wow. and Chow Yun Fat. Chow Yun Fat. But yeah, it's got it's got both the stars of TV's Shameless, Justin <laughs> Chatwin and Emmy Rossum. <laughs> I mean, I've got William H Macy on the phone. Hey, it's me, William H Macy. I'm honestly, I don't know why I'm calling. I'm still dealing with my wife being in prison for doing yeah, and, and, and <laughs> oh, I, I was gonna, no, I was just about to say a thing that was incorrect. Does, does it matter? <laughs> that doesn't, I'm a fan of the podcast, uh, and so I know that normally that doesn't stop you guys. Well, no, I was just going to make it, I was just going to say, like, because uh, you you might not know this, uh, William, but we got a call from your old scene partner, okay. Francis McDormand, earlier in the show. Oh. And I was going to make a joke about, like, and, like, you know, when you said you're de- dealing with your wife being in prison, I was going to say, and your, your former movie wife being on death's door. But, but, of course, she didn't play your wife. She played the, the police officer who was investigating you. Yeah. Oh, also, Francis McDormand is dying, by the way. <laughs> I thought you might want to know. Uh, we, don't, we don't really talk. Oh, that's, that's, oh, I'm so, so, sorry, sorry to hear that. Is it? People just grow apart, or was it is that something something you did specifically? Nah, I just uh, see we uh, we were working on a passion project mm. together, which uh, is a film. Have you heard of the Colossus of Rhodes? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've always seen the Colossus of Rhodes with us. We were working together on Fargo, and we were like, man, we love the we love this film. It's really good. Um, but what if we made a film like this? But instead of, like, a guy trying to get his wife kidnapped for the money because of cars and also there's, there's that great scene with the guy crying at, at, at dinner and, yep. it, and it, generally it's just excellent. And you don't really, you don't really think about it. Frances McDormand, that's a 90-minute film. She's not in it until it's a 35-minute mark. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. Gotta love Buscemi. Um, but we thought, let's, let's, do, let's do something like this. But it, it's not about a bag of money. It's about how the Colossus of Rhodes is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went to, we went to we, uh, the Cohens weren't interested, so we went to Eton Cohen, the Garfield guy. I think I heard of this. You and Francis went to, went to Eton Cohen, Joel Cohen, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 other, the other Cohens. And they were like, we love this idea, let's do it. And I was like, well, I'm kind of interested in directing, because, you know, obviously I've directed quite a few things, like... Uh, that, that film starring. <laughs> starring starring Kate Upton and and Alexandra Daddario. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, um, the 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 layover. Yeah, you got like. That's a good film, right, guys? I've, I've never seen it. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've, I've only heard good things, though, William. Oh, that's great. It's good to hear. Uh, it, it was surprising that we were snubbed at the Oscars. But, but um, so we were putting it together, uh, and then when we went to the producers... Uh, they absolutely refused to build a life-size <laughs> mech Colossus of Rhodes. And things got a bit fractious, me and Francis, and, you know, there were some crosswords about it. <laughs> and, and it all kind of came to a head. She, she visited my house, and, I, you know, I was in the back building a mech Colossus of Rhodes. And she was like, I can't believe you did this about me. <laughs> And we just haven't. I'm very sorry to bring this up. But, uh, uh, I was just looking for, for a filmography of, of acclaimed writer and director e- Ethan Cohen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, Great guy. So obviously his most recently. Obviously his mo- the film he made most recently is is Holmes and Watson, starring yeah. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Really? Have you seen it? 
Uh, no, but I'm, I'm going to in, 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 in a few months. I'm laughing a minute uh, in my William H. Macy's opinion. Oh, you really think that, William? Yeah, it does. Great. So his, his film before that was, of course, Get Hard with Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> See, this thing, I think a lot of people don't appreciate it about Get Hard is yeah. that, that that title has two, two meanings. And uh, I, William H. Macy, just think... More to, I don't work on films if the title doesn't at least elliptically refer to ele- erections. Yeah, and and so speaking of uh, film titles that have, that have two meanings, uh, I, I just found out that Ethan Cohen's uh, first uh, directorial credit is a is a two thousand seven short film called My Wife Is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like we should bleep that. That's Maybe. a slur. Uh, okay, and also I, I will... think it's fine for. William H. Macy, what are you saying? <laughs> we hang up on him. We know I have that sort of ableist apologia on this show, William. I but, okay. I, I'm just I, sad I, I, that I William H. Macy did manage to get to his point that he was quite upset that you didn't consider him a lead of the TV show fame. shameless. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll give you $100,000 if you can tell me the free, the free credited actors in, in Ethan Cohen's short film, My Wife is... Okay, we. I think we're we, definitely bleeping it for second time. <laughs> I think we're bleeping it both times, and I just want it. It's the you know the song "Let's Get Blank Blank Blank" by the Black Eyed Peas. Where yeah, that one? Okay, so there are three actors in this film. Yeah, and uh, so presumably I know who they are. Yes, yeah, so the, 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 oh, these, these are all famous people. Uh, all right. What year was this film made? Uh, it, was two, it was from 2007. Okay, 2007. Were any of them, like, is this before they were famous or were they, were they famous? Uh, they, uh, they, they, they were all already famous. Oh, oh I'd say, um, I would say two of them up were, uh, at this point were past the peak of their careers. And one one of them uh, was what uh, uh, was was about to reach it. Okay, Kathy Bates. No. Um, Charlie Sheen. No. Uh, okay, I need another clue. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So what what one of one of these people? Um, James Spader. No, one of these people is an '80s child star who uh, who went on to even bigger and better things. John Cusack. Ch- 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 child star. Macaulay Culkin, child star in the age. Elijah Wood. No, these are all nineties, eighties child star. Well, you, 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 you're actually close with Elijah Wood. Is it Sean Astin? It's Sean Astin. Sean Astin. So Sean Astin plays Jeff. Okay, so then, then the second lead from Stranger Things. Yeah. Then the 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 the, the second credited person uh, uh, is a character of Doctor Heikman. Okay. Uh, Max von Sydow. Uh, Rade Shubagaya. N- uh, no, uh, this, this, this is uh, someone who's mainly known for doing comedies, but doesn't. But like, if if you saw them in the street, you would be like, "That's a very serious person." <laughs> but but they're mainly they're mainly in comedies, and there, there's Michael Stuhlberg. Fam- there, there, there's there's a famous GIF of them. There's so many. There's one career-defining role and moment for them. Uh, from a, it- from a 1999 film. Okay, I can. Liam Neeson? <laughs> no. I mean, he's there are famous gifts of him. Um, okay, they lo- they're from comedy, but they look serious. Yeah. Okay. Daniel Stern. No. no. Okay, you got to give me another clue on that, dude. Uh, if, if 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 he was in Australia, people would refer to him as Gaza. <laughs> 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 not Gary. <laughs> no, not Sinise. <laughs> Gary. 
if you set his last name on fire, it would be bad for the environment, but it would be a good source of energy. <laughs> oh, Gary Cole. Yeah, Gary Cole. No but, but also, <laughs> Gary Petrol. <laughs> People don't talk enough about the fact that Gary Cole in one hour photo, the Robin Williams thriller by Mark Romanek, which is very good. Um, uh, the subject of many posts on Neon Genesis Evangelion forums, because it has uh, uh, Gary Cole as his manager and giving the exact same performance as he gives in office space. So it is just like, mm, uh, okay, we don't know if things are working out for you, Sai. And instead of like being like, oh, I'm going to office space, he's like, time to kidnap some people. Yeah, okay, and so the the and then the the the, the wife in in the movie yeah. is played by someone who isn't Leslie Mann, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. No, who isn't Leslie Mann? Yeah, is it Leslie Woman? No, but you're close. <laughs> Leslie, <laughs> looking at me like you've given me the best clue in the world. How many, how many fucking Leslies are there? <laughs> how many Leslies? Are, I just don't know anything. Leslie Jones. Okay, if you were. To be feeding a child, they would need one of these. Leslie Mouth? No. That's Leslie Bibb, but Leslie, yeah. I thought Leslie Mouth would get a laugh. <laughs> yeah. So Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, so, so we, we, we were talking about that, yes. fifth film? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he made, he made Classes of Rhodes, the Pacific, the failed Pacific Rim prequel. Um, Fistful of Dollars, a few dollars more than... Uh, then The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. And then Once Upon a Time in the West. Then Once Upon a Time, Dot 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 Revolution, slash Duck, You Sucker, <laughs> slash uh, A Fistful of Dynamite. Uh, and then, of course, The Irishman. Um, no, Once Upon a Time in America. And now that that's... that's, that's but Once Upon a Time in the West, like, I, I think I like... Because like let's let's just explain the plot in like two sentences, right? Uh, which is uh, a guy wants to build a station at the end of a railroad, and a bunch of guys don't want to take that from him, and so they kill him, and so some other guys help his grieving wife to get revenge. Uh, yeah, uh, that's basically it. But it's dope. It's it's incredible. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's this weird kind of fairy tale. I, like the thing that I always think about watching Sergio Leone westerns is because normally westerns are kind of repellent to me mm. because they're a racist myth perpetrated by the death cult of American exceptionalism. Yes. But the way Leone does it is that Sergio Leone films, even Colossus of Rhodes, make no attempt to exist in the real world. They're not speaking to anything like well, I, I i i'd say with with with, with 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 his with his later films like a fistful of dynamite is still very like heightened and unrealistic but i think it is trying to actually say something about politics and once upon a time in in america is is easily his oh, most yeah, grounded yeah. film the, of his westerns yeah, yeah yes yeah um uh, is that they don't really these it's 
yeah, they're fairy tales, they're myths, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're folklore um, in a way that kind of forgives them uh, for me. And, and I think that's this kind of success of all of them. And the interesting thing about Once Upon a Time in the West is that he didn't really want to make it. He'd made his his trilogy of Westerns uh, and then was starting work on his big project, which was which ended up being Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah. Um, um, but then, then they, before we get started, bloody Dario Argento came up to him and was like, <laughs> Hey, I got an idea for your next movie. <laughs> yeah, it's another Western. And this does feel like him in a way kind of being like, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. You know, it, it feels like he's putting a full stop at the end of it. And it also feels a lot like he's summing up the previous films in a way in that there it's kind of like a coda to them and yeah. in some ways a judgment of them. And it's because like... And because it gets so deep into that in some ways, so like every 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 shootout is carrying an echo of the previous ones. And because it's so steeped in its own context, like I kind of the Man with No Name trilogy appeals to me a little more as somewhat trash cinema, right? Yeah, and, and I kind of like the aesthetics of it more. But you prefer this one, right? So I, I really don't know because yeah. I like uh, apart from Horses of Roads, I love all of his movies. Yeah, I think he like if if it isn't for that first movie, he has maybe the like that's, that's like maybe the strongest run of any director. It's like the, the, those six movies all in a row. It's kind of hard to think of anything better than that. But, but Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Jurassic Park Two, <laughs> Amistad. It's called, it's called it's it's called the it's called the Lost World, Jurassic Park Two. <laughs> no, just Jurassic Park. Really? It's just oh, yeah. it's just the Lost World, Jurassic Park. Okay. Minority Report, and then more like my snority report. <laughs> catch me if you can. I mean, catch me if you can. Catch me if you I can. I have definitely good. missed one in there, but who yeah. gives a shit? I think the terminals in in there. Mm, talk about yeah, there's blooming terminal. Now I like the terminal. You know what, Steven Spielberg? I think he's a good director. The t- the terminal, something, 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 life support. <laughs> Um, but, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, so like for quite a few years now, I've I've had I've had the the, the good for bad and the ugly uh, in in my 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 top ten films of all time. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I, it's a new top four on Letterboxd. Oh right. But so I, I've 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 now I've now seen Once Upon a Time in, in the West four times and tw- twice this year, and I don't know. I think it it, it has. I, I'm not. I'm not sure it reaches the same highs that the good, the bad, and the ugly does. Yeah. The final like 15 minutes of the good, the bad, and the ugly mm-hmm. is maybe the best filmmaking of all time. Definitely it, it is the best just, thing ever to happen in a graveyard. <laughs> yeah, it is just a absolutely perfect like confluence of everything that I like about cinema. Mm. It's got like it's got two two of the best pieces of music ever composed for a film. It's got I I like yeah I, I lo- love. I, I I love love how 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 Leonardo shoots it. I love love all the editing. I love looking at Lee Van Cleef's face. Yeah, I think all all, all, that, all that stuff's incredible. Yeah, so I I, I would say that that, that 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 this film doesn't quite reach the highs of that, but I, I'd say o- o- overall, uh, I I think I I I I think it has more to say than than Good the Bad and the Ugly, which is like a film that kind of tries to be apolitical. Yeah, a, a, a bit. 
uh, whereas I think this this has a very clear stance on everything that, that it that it like tries to tackle, and well, and for me that's the mark against it. Okay, because I like what I, like uh, 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 of that trilogy. I think they're they're all good, but good the bad and the ugly is kind of like I've had two dry runs at this. Yeah, now I want to make the best action western of all time, yeah. and then he succeeds. Um, and I think the thing about Once Upon a Time in the West is that you feel his reluctance to make it and, and also you feel that like oh, I already nailed this once and so even like it's an incredible film but this, the opening sequence of them at the train station which has very little score and is just people essentially waiting for a train to arrive the train arrives leaves there's a guy and then a shootout uh, which is this big kind of and it, which is and it's like 15 minutes yeah. and it is this symphony of doldrums of boredom of like a guy with a fly buzzing around his head and he just can't give a fly to like get off his mouth and he tries to swallow away just comes back every time and, and it is great and it's engrossing to watch but it is also very much to me it is like Sergio Leone saying look I can it is almost feels like the film equivalent of a guy going look I can I can read the phone book and it'd be interesting. I can watch a guy be bothered by a fly. There's the bit later where there's a gunfight off screen and it's him going like, look, I can even make a gunfight off screen thrilling. And, and so like that on kind of the production end and on the thematic end that, yeah, obviously like I, I agree mostly with what it, it is doing mm. politically and about how the drive for money is what drives violence and, and that love is what drives revenge, which can be a holier thing. It's like a set of ideas, you know? Um, but because it is getting into those big ideas, I think so much for me is like the purity of, of the Western as a folk myth that he has perfected yeah. is, is that it is not, attempting to gesture to the real world that it is um these self-contained bubbles where all that matters is life and death and who can move a gun the fastest right and i just don't think he's good enough yet like once upon a time in america i have not seen uh once upon a time dot 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 the revolution but when he gets more political on and actually goes in depth in those things uh, he's more successful. Right. But it's, I sound like I'm saying shite. I'm not saying yeah. shite. I'm just saying why I think that of his five-star films, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is the six-star film. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 like, I still have such a hard time figuring, like, yeah, because I, I also say, like, this, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and Once Upon a Time in the West are all five-star films. Yeah. And I, I, like, I, 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 I don't think it's possible for me to, like, pick a favorite out of them. But I, I think, like, right, like for, 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 like, where I am right now, I think I think once upon once upon a time in the West is just like slightly aging above good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, you you and I think it is a very specific thing about um the moment we are in right now, which is that like you are more willing to engage with art that talks about the real world when what I want art to do is to take me away from it. Right. Yes. Like I don't want to be reminded that money makes people into monsters because for that to be true, I just need to look at my phone or out the window or at a newspaper, you know, mm. let's talk about this cast. Cause this, there are casts out there, but the, like he has like so much of Leone's skill 
isn't just knowing exactly the kind of image that will be thrilling to look at for minutes on end almost unchangingly yeah. and, and, and being, I mean he does that yeah and it is just like so much of Clint Eastwood's star power came from Sergio Leone looking at him and being like that guy squinted, squinted with like the stub of a cigar in his mouth I can make seven hours of film <laughs> Like I can make seven hours of film on that face, on like on on his shifting eye lines, and like everyone in this cast, like good performances, but like they're all like they're not they're like the best mannequins, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the best flesh under a camera. Yeah, I think like like. Re- re- like really, it's not. It's not until like once upon a time in America, but he's actually interested in like getting performances out of his actors. Mm, yeah, and like I, I think like, 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 performances with any real sense of interior continuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and like yeah, I think he's very good at, at both styles. But but yeah, yeah, this is very much like these people are like puppets he can dress up in in, in old west clothes. Well, and these are people who, uh, at least some of them, we know have the chops like henry fonda like he he's got the range yeah. um jason robards has the fucking range charles bronson hmm who like charles bronson is is charles bronson in the way like charles bronson is charles bronson in the way that he was the past jason statham you yeah. don't ask him to do more but, but, but like i'll tell you like of of the charles bronson movies i've seen this this is like the the best charles bronson well because it, it seems unfair to put him in in a film that doesn't exist to to Kuleshov close-ups of his eyes surrounded by like infinite rippling oceans of skin wrinkles <laughs> and then cut to like regret or violence yeah. like it, it it seems impossible to contextualize Charles Bronson in any way apart from like facing Henry Fonda as a, the man in black and being like you killed my brother, you know, but but never saying that and playing a harmonica. Like I, I will admit, I've not seen a Death Wish, um, though I'm sure we will eventually do one of them, the the Willis one, right? The Bruce Willis Death Wish isn't interesting enough to to bother watching again, but like Death Wish Four, oh boy, well, like that, I, that that one is a interesting pile of trash. I I think when we do uh, when we run out of when the BFI list runs out and then the new one comes out and runs out after that, I'm sure we'll end up just doing like here f- showing each other films we think are masterpieces, films that are both shine and sound, and. I'll definitely do like Glass and Death Wish. <laughs> you know that that'll be appearing. Yeah, so with 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 Death Wish four. Yeah, and it has like I, for who? Well, I mean that's really what that's really what the movie's trying to answer. You. I know, yeah. But so well, I, that like that movie has uh, one of the bleakest ends of any movies I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I, I know, and I've watched before. I've watched twice this year. <laughs> well, in two different forms. Yeah. But um, so so the 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 way the way that the, the, the Death Wish Four ends is uh, uh, is is the Charles Bronson is facing off against the drug dealer guy who he's going up against, and the drug kingpin is is holding Charles Bronson's girlfriend hostage. Right, he, he's he's got he's got like an Uzi to a head, and Charles Bronson has uh, has an assault rifle with a, with a grenade launcher on it. Oh yeah, of course he and, does. Uh, 
And so after after a standoff, uh, the 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 the, uh, uh, the 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 girlfriend gets free of a drug dealer and she runs off. He brings up a Uzi, unloads a clip into her. She's immediately dead. Charles Bronson fires a grenade launcher, like and like blows blows up a drug dealer. And then cut to a big wide shot. He drops his gun and just walks off into a distance and the movie ends. It's I, insane. I was so sure you were going to say that a, the drug dealer was going to be like, you'd never shoot me while I'm holding her. And then Charles Bronson is like, that's where you're wrong. And like shoots him through her head or something, you know? It's like, sorry, babe. I mean, that, that's, that's, the, that's the, like John Hyams version of Death Wish 4. <laughs> or yeah, no. If, was John, was Charles Bronson ever um, the Punisher? I mean, no. he, kind of, he was the proto Punisher. Yeah, yeah. No, that's just a job for Dolph. Yeah, Dolph and uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Who, who else was the fucking Punisher? Tom Thomas Jane. Yeah, I want to say Lee of Schreiber, but no. no. Um, another one. The the, the, is the the one who was in the War Zone. Yeah, and then there was the one on TV. Yeah, the. Uh, the one who was also in Widows. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and The Walking Dead. Daniel Kaluuya. Yep. D- fuck, Daniel Kaluuya is the Punisher. No. No. No, fuck that. Fuck, no, man. No, the Punisher's done now. You can't, you can't even punish her anymore. Like, the, 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 like that character and its iconography is just so tainted now by, well, by, by fascists taking it over. I, I, let's be clear. I would say that that, that character were, was tainted from the very beginning. <laughs> Not a good idea for a character. Uh, Ray Stevenson. Oh, was, yes, of course. Oh, is he, is he, no, you know, that's someone else. I was, I was going to ask if he was if he was Darth Maul, but that was, that was Ray Park. Yeah, Ray Park, Toad from X-Men. And, of course... Um, Solo. Yep. Remember? Vaguely. Remember how Darth Maul's in Solo? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. What a good idea that was. Solo. What a good idea that was. Solo. Good idea. What a good idea. Let's take a character who's defined by the fact. The wind's a Oh my god, you do not know how strange that sounds. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds bad. Um, and it's all gone anyway. Yeah. Sorry, John Williams. Um, <laughs> no money for you. Yeah, um, Star Wars, see? But yeah, so Henry Fond, the twist of Once Upon a Time in the West, Henry Fond is the baddie. A family's shot. There's a kid there. Guy shoots the kid. Who the fuck shot that kid? It's old Fondy. And yeah. old blue eyes, old blue, the old blue Fremen eyes. himself, yeah. Henry Muadi, Peter O'Fonda. Yeah, so Peter Fonda was like a major film star in, in noir films and also westerns in the like forties and fifties, and then kind of kind of going into the sixties, he was doing yeah. less of that. And then Sergio Leone was like, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take one of the like great heroes of of American western cinema, and I'm going to make him. A bad guy who's basically the same as all the good guys he plays. Yeah, and, and, and uh, fuck it, were yeah. like it is just so hard to describe this film because you can't just be like, man, a lot of nothing happens, but it's the most gripping shit you've ever yeah, seen. Because like what 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 Sergio Leone's like westerns are is the tone poems. Yeah, they're, they're, they are him cutting between extreme close-ups and extreme wide shots, and you're just like, yes, yes, more, more. 
Like I think the 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 the, the script for the for the final shootout in uh, in the good, the bad, and the ugly. That the, the that 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 script is about a page long, and that scene is about ten minutes. It's good. Yeah, it's it's. Check them out. The thing I like about Sir Giuliani, always good. Yeah, from the beginning, ne- ne- never made a bad film. Never. Ma- I've just remembered that we watched his first film, and it was on. Oh no! No, but quickly, once upon a time in the West, Jay or Sound, Sound, Sound. Yeah, obviously, Sound. No one's going to argue with that. Um. Colossus of Rhodes. This was your idea. You did this. Yeah, I, well, my, what did my, you do? My fault. I I apologize. How dare you? Yeah. So we 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 had kind of kind of a hard time figuring out what movie we should pair with with Once Upon a Time Once Upon a Time in the West, which is code for we don't want to watch a million ways to die in the West. Yeah. Uh, re- really didn't. Uh, look, as as much as I as much as I love Charlize, don't want to see that movie. Yeah, and as much as I love Christopher Lloyd making cameos as Doc Brown and things. As, as much as I love uh, Seth MacFarlane. Nothing makes me laugh more than a knowing Ryan Reynolds cameo. Nothing. I just, do you know what more films need today? Ryan Reynolds. But it'd be good if he like knew he was in a movie, I, you know? I just, or if he like, he was like, he's like, hey, I'm not just Ryan Reynolds playing a character. I'm Reynolds. I'm Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds. The thing I like about Ryan Reynolds is that I'm not at all bored or tired uh, of his on-screen persona. Hobbs and Shaw in theaters now. <laughs> Do you isn't it? In- Ryan Reynolds is terrible in it. <laughs> Detective Pikachu in cinemas now. Well, he's fine in that one, but that's like no. that, like that that was. Fuck you. He's not. He's. Mm. <laughs> Like he he's not he's not good in it. At that point, I was still willing to accept that from him. Okay, uh, I I think because also I, I I don't watch that many Ryan Reynolds films. Yeah. So you know, I, I saw I saw Deadpool. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is fun. And then I think the, the next one I saw was Detective Pikachu. It's pronounced Detective Pikachu. But just there's any like literally any like the idea. Um, of doing um, Pikachu as a hard-boiled detective and then casting not like fucking Danny DeVito as the voice, someone with a hard-boiled detective's voice in a, like yeah, cast, Michael Shannon. Cast Kyle Chandler. That, 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 like, that's, that's a thing he'd be able to do. That's the way you cast, that's how you cast Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Vin Diesel. Is yeah. the voice of Detective Pikachu. Vincenzo Petrol. <laughs> you, you can, just because you're saying it to me does not mean I will not be suing you for <laughs> copyright infringement on my acclaimed Vincenzo Petrol joke. It's from, from my extended bit about the Fast and the Furious films, which I can no longer perform as it was based on the, based on the thesis that each Fast and the Furious film was better than the last. Ooh. How did yeah? What happened to David? Yeah. Hey, David Leach. Yeah. Uh, please, please make please make more good movies instead of bad ones. That's <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that's my pledge to you. This this well, that, 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 that's that's what I ask of you this this holiday season. <laughs> you know, all all on for Christmas is uh, a non garbage movie from you. I mean, he's made he's still made more good films than bad films, yeah. considering he's only made one bad one. Yeah. But like Chad Stahelski is, you know, is fucking free for free. Yeah, but soon, like, 
Maybe. Like, the part of the reason why I love John Wick Chapter 3, Sivas Pack and Parabellum so much, is that just flatly and empirically, there is nowhere to go from there but down. Like, even if they try and get bigger, the they will, they will definitely be worse. And as much as I'm like Chloe Grace Moretz in a spin-off film about the... Like, that's a good idea, but it will be worse, you know? Like, Maybe. No, it... Maybe. There's only one film about a haunted killer dancer starring Kyrie Grace Moretz that I like, and it's Greta. me misremembering Black Swan. <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, just in case you're just joining us for this episode, this is a pro Susperia open brackets, 2018, close brackets podcast. Oh, open brackets again, the other one, not good, close brackets. Uh, like, it's, it's not as good as you think it is, Johnny Potts. <laughs> um, uh, a man I once deliberately wore my Suspiria 2018 t-shirt to antagonize while we were working professionally together. <laughs> Come work with me. I, I, I like to do things deliberately to irritate people. Uh, I'm so alone. Is, is there anyone, just if you're listening to this, can you just, can you just, no, I was, I was trying to think of like a funny breakdown thing to say, but I want to save them for future real breakdowns yeah, when yeah. we see Pro some real horse shit. Pro probably a good idea. So the problem with Colossus of Rhodes is that we both saw it and we actually paid quite a lot of attention, but I, I could not tell you what it is about any of the character names. No, it, it, it is so incredibly bland and, and generic and it, it, it has... Essentially, nothing like uh, like uh, the, 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 the reason why I wanted to watch this film is because I'd never seen it, and I love Sergio Leone, and I wanted to see where where he where he started out. And Sergio Leone, Leone, am I saying? Have I been uh, saying? I'm, I'm never sure. I, I, I say it both ways. Uh, okay, great. Uh, Sergio Leone directing a Swords and Sandals epic is a great pitch. Yeah, uh, this does not see through on that pitch. All the things that you no, want. This is exactly like all the other like shitty. 50s and 60s Italian sword and sandals movies. Yeah. It, it, it's something you, you'd see on an episode of, of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And yeah. it's like, man, I'm glad I'm glad I'm watching this with jokes. Yeah, and it is just so much of it is is people being like, oh, the Greeks, oh, the Romans, oh, we're going to have a war. And it is interesting. It's and, not the Romans, it's the Phoenicians. I don't, meh. See? Precisely. But the, I thought that, when I said that, I thought the Greeks was the one I was getting wrong. That's where we're at, you know? Um, but, like, all the things, like, there are signs it was made by Leone. Like, there's a great sense of framing to some bits sure. of it. Like, there's a good visual sense. But you're like, the one thing Sergio and Lemmy down on is fights. You know, yeah. what uh, What does Sergio Leone cutting a sword fight or a chariot, knife chariot battle look like and the thing is that it looks like boring wide shots with under rehearsed choreography no sense of build or release often like there's a real plot like that and there is within fights there's always a lot of like someone gets stabbed and it feels like there's a microsecond then they go uh yeah which just like as, as is, uh, i i mean yeah. while we while we, while we were, were watching the film the, the all, like all, all all of these sword fights in Intolerance, a movie from fifty years before this. Yeah. Every single one of those sword fights is better than, than this movie. Yeah, like it's I, I like yeah like oh like obviously there's a lot of money spent on like the like the the, the production design and all that stuff. I, but I, it feels I, what, cheap. Or it was stuff that they still had. P possibly, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, like I think that that that's why they they made so many of these movies in 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 Italy in the sixties. Well, yeah, that's like, what, yeah, we just we just got the stuff. We that's can, what we can yeah, do it. Cine 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 um Studios yeah. uh, was for until it caught fire. Yeah. Um, Start, started started by Mussolini. It was yeah, uh, and lots of great things shot there. BBC's Rome. Um, Once upon a time in the West. Do, uh, Doctor Who. Uh, other things that, um, that I can't remember. Yeah, I mean that's it. Those are the only things that shot I was going to say Bicycle Thieves, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Because um, the point of Bicycle Thieves is it was all shot on the streets, where the people are. But streets neo- with the Z. realism baby. Uh, I love realism, and I love Neo. He's my favorite character from The Matrix. Really? You strike me as a Trinity fan. I do, I do like Trinity a lot as well. I mean, as long as it's not Cypher. You know, the thing about Cypher is, I, 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 I think his character is a bit underdeveloped. You could almost call him a Cypher. Really? Because I would say he is the most developed character. <laughs> he talks to the steak. Oh, he loves oh, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. He's so good. Joey Pants, if you're listening, nothing but like Joey Pants. Please be in more movies. You're so good. Joey Pants as as Ralphie on The Sopranos is the only actor to go toe-to-toe with Gandolfini and like win loads of people okay. battle him to an acting draw and that that's fine a lot of great performances in that show yeah but he is like he's the only person that wins fat man ralphie ralphie did he kill that horse <laughs> joey if you're listening do you think ralphie killed that horse i uh, don't think he i've did. seen the first episode of the sopranos that's good yeah that's all i've seen I should probably watch the rest of it sometime. And you can be like, hmm, a lot of these places that look like locations in the last episode now look like standing sets. Uh, uh, strange how that happens. Uh, he's talking to his therapist again. Uh. I thought that would just be like an episode one gimmick. <laughs> I imagine. Oh, do you know what the Sopranos needed? Instead of talking to a therapist, like Ferris Bueller style camera address. So it's just like, oh, look, ducks. So, now see, I love ducks. They got little quackers. I'm quackers for them. Ducks. Anyway, you AJ, feed, get in here. You, you ever feed a duck a piece of gabagool? <laughs> the Sopranos, it's good. Like, it is good. You don't watch television unless it's a longer cut of an already harrowing film <laughs> yep. you've seen. Or a longer cut of a harrowing film, of a harrowing film I haven't seen, <laughs> like, like Fanny Alexander. Uh, would you call Fanny Alexander harrowing? Yeah, points. Certainly upsetting. Yeah. But I don't. I want to save harrowing for things that truly harrow me. Yeah. For instance, oh, I don't know. You ever bumped your shin real bad? <laughs> harrowing. Um, you ever sneezed and coughed at the same time, and it feels like your face is falling yeah. off? Harrowing. You ever uh, gotten a call from an unidentified number? Harrowing. <laughs> you ever got a call? Full stop. <laughs> Harrowing. This is my new stand-up comedy routine. It's a list of harrowing things. Yeah, yeah it's it's you, it's your you might be a redneck. <laughs> you ever watched the fifth or sixth episode of the first series of Inside Number Nine? Because that's the harrowing. He's miming a mic drop. No, no he's not. I'm, I'm, I'm holding it upside down now. Just to it's really like, make sure it does not get your voice. Up, you know, just sort of. Oof. This is going to be a bad episode. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I just think there are uh, peaks and troughs. I think okay, as, as as a movie discussion episode, this is a bad episode. But there's not really... Because the thing is... There's like, no, uh, I, I think we spent five minutes talking about it once on a time in the West. But the, here's, here's the thing. You can't... Uh, 
all real discussion you can have about Once Upon a Time in the West, you need visual aids. Yeah. And also uh, would, because so much, like, it, it is not that the plot is spoilable, it is that almost every individual gag is mm. within it. Like, like the best way to discuss the good, the bad, no. The good, the bad in the West is almost what I said. Once Upon a Time in the West is to be like, just fucking watch. The best discussion of Once Upon a Time in the West is watching Once Upon a Time in the West and then constantly being like, how does this work when so many people try to do this and fail? Mm. Uh, And like, it's a conversation you have to have with the film while it's happening. You can't just be like, so... I mean, Sir Leone got that fly to hang around because they put jam on the actor. Like, that just <laughs> does not capture the film at all. And there's just no bit, like, the best way to, to express what seeing Colossus of Rhodes is like is being like, okay, I want you to imagine, uh, you know, a widescreen Italian swords and sandals film and then imagine this noise in your brain like, uh... Yeah, j- 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 just just imagine with no with no distinguishing marks or features. And it is like everyone, and it feels Look, so like, generic. Sure, at one point, the head of a Colossus of Rhodes opens up, and they use catapults to throw napalm on people, but it's boring. Yeah, it is. Like, it should be impossible to make that boring. But it is. It's also like films like this from this era. I obviously lose so much because you're not seeing them as an event. You're not yeah. in your finery, going down to the local picture house, buying your pophead corn and um, a malt, and then watching incredible Technicolor imagery on a vast screen in front of you. Yeah, where, just, where, just 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 you 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 and what one you and what one of one of your mistresses, your your, your wife. <laughs> any children at home please one of my many masters <laughs> women are for marriage men are for play i mean i, I was specifically talking about the, the, this, this hyperbole italian person in the 60s going to see <laughs> that's this. true that's true here's anyway. the thing people in europe they just they can't get enough of infidelity <laughs> they just think it's so good that i mean based purely on their films yeah yeah Keep it in your pants, guys. Yeah. Keep it in your well-cut, stylish pants. No, it is that even everyone in it, the the lead actor, what's his name? His name is Rory Calhoun. Who is is like, I only remember from a joke in The Simpsons that's about how um, anonymous Rory Calhoun is, I think, is like he is doing what I would call like a default movie star performance. Yeah, he's just lots of like smirking. Yeah, it's George Clooney in Nespresso ads. He's just got like good hair and then a woman is like, hello, and then he's like, oh, hello, I'd look at you again, but I don't want my eyes to be full of too much love, you know? And then, then, then there's like another woman who's talking to him. I was like, are you the same one from before? Because and, you look exactly identical. Yeah, there, and well, there was a... There and neither of you are going to be lit particularly well for a movie, so, oh boy. Just to, to give you a brief window on our experience of watching the film, uh, there, there was a woman we thought was his love interest uh, and a scene where he goes to her house uh, and uh, some good signature Leone wide shots of the inside of this house. Mm. It looks great. Uh, they sleep together and then you cut to outside. Was the woman again? That's how we learned that 
the lead character has two love interests because we thought they were the same person throughout the film. And this was then. an hour and a half into the movie. Um, but, my, but my point is that, yeah, so many so many films from this era you lose because you're not watching them in as, as an event. Yeah. But th- this film... Like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> yeah, my favorite Ian Fleming yep, story. Absolutely. Um, is that... Um, my favorite Roald Dahl adaptation of Ian Fleming, no less. Take that, you only live twice. Um, it's, it's chitty, chitty, bang, bang. <laughs> but even in that context, like sitting there with all my masters and mistresses, with my poppied corn, my malt, and well, what's an Italian liquor? Like, um, I don't know, vodka. <laughs> Princess of Peach Snops. I, I'm trying to think of any <laughs> Italian alcohols, and I can't think of any. Oh, surely Amaretto, right? See, that's what I was going to say, but I couldn't remember the name. I was, and I was about to say Amarillo. I was like, no, that's a, that's a place in Texas. Um, and I, I don't think this would be good even in that. I think it no. would be more disappointing in that context because it manages, and like this is a film where uh, it, it's a film from the past, so it's special effectors having a massive cast. Yeah. Um, but and you, also the head of the Colossus of Rhodes opening, <laughs> and they use catapults to throw napalm on people. And there's a fight on the arms of the Colossus of Rhodes yeah. as well. But like even that, it's a minute, like the thing Leone clearly learns between um between this and a fistful of dollars is how to build stakes into every moment his yeah. films are yeah, symphonies like, there, 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 there of stakes is, there is no tension at any point in this movie and yeah. his other films are all tension yeah and you feel it just feels like people pretending it feels so close to kids with cardboard swords waving them at each other and it and it's really and it's because what i went into this into seeing it thinking is that like, oh, it will be interesting seeing Leone's craft in a, in a, a, a in a kind of 50% form. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I was hoping we'd get. Yeah, and, we, and, and that, we, that we didn't is, is, is yeah, it's, it's, it's strange and bizarre. And it kind of makes you realize how Spartacus being good, mm. which it is, sound, is kind of a miracle. Because it is so hard. Like, these are people who live... It's like the success of 300 is that, like, which is in a similar era, is kind of being like, oh, everyone is shit. And now they're going to fight. And, like, the idea of looking at this period of history where kind of everyone was a monster except for the people who weren't allowed to be people because they were slaves. Yeah. Um, is being like, oh, but some are good and some are bad. And you're just being like... I, I don't care. Like you all suck, and it and it is really interesting that there are there are multiple sequences that are supposed to be sumptuous feasts for the eyes. There 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 are several dance sequences choreographed by the woman who would go on to marry Sergio Leone. Okay. Um, but that there, there, there's, there's there's like an earthquake sequence later on in the film yeah. where you see like buildings fall down and like the earth opens up, and like that that stuff should be fun. That's not really. There's a celebration early on where people are like doing circus tumbling. Mm -hmm. And it just, there's something, because you don't care about the people or the world, it's being so much. It it, it, it doesn't even like reach the heights of the circus tumbling in the seventh seal, where it's just like a single clown in a field, just like just like practicing in the morning and you and it is because so much of this film seems to be going like this is what you like right yeah and in the in like the the justice league way 
You're just like, oh, this is what's good, eh? So this is like the Justice League of swords and sandals epics in a lot of ways. And and like what it, and if you want to know what the plot is, look up the Wikipedia page. Don't watch the film. Sir Giuliani's first film is um, a fistful of dollars. Yeah. And and the way that M Night Shyamalan's first film is the Sixth Sense, even though Wide Awake is widely available to watch. Like yeah, it's and, just not and, the same guy. And praying praying with anger. It's on YouTube. Yeah, you you you. You you just want to see him praying. If if you've ever and you want to see him angry. If you've ever, you, you're, you're gonna love him when he's angry. If you've ever watched an M Night Shyamalan film and you know it's gotten to the the Shyamalan cameo or in Lady in the Water's case, Roles the only person able to tell a story good enough to save the world. Hit pause on your remote and turn to your loved one and said, I'd really love to see a film where he is the lead. And the thing I love the most about his performance is that it's kind of so sedate and natural. I would like to see him play a character who we are told throughout has anger issues. And yet that is never, that never comes across on screen. Praying with anger. Don't check it out. But laying with pranger. Great. No, no. Okay, okay, cool. We're cutting that. So, Finn, whoa, hey, it's me. Okay, whoa, I'm the head of development at Universal Cinemas. I hear you got a pitch for me, laying with Pranga. Laying with Pranga, you say, what happens in this laying with Pranga? I like the title. Oh, oh no, I've got somewhere else to be right now. <laughs> no, the door's oh, locked. I, no, I just got a text. My mum just told <laughs> I don't care about your mother. Mothers are not as important as <laughs> Mothers are a dime a dozen. Everyone's got a mother. Well, you can... You're a mimic? <laughs> Wait. Yeah, I'm a mimic. Wait, so this... <laughs> Wait, so... <laughs> so this laying with Pranga. So this laying with Pranga. <laughs> you really doing this? You're really doing this. <laughs> okay, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's put down the microphone he's walking into the kitchen he's holding his head oh he's getting himself some water no he's just sitting at the ground okay so now in the film <laughs> he's holding his head okay so while he's doing that just within the little scene we were playing out let's pretend there's a little fade to back fade to black <laughs> the camera fades back up oh finn incredible pitch i love it here's 10 million dollars to write and direct it and then we cut to it's finn's first day on set with his lead actor uh jerry Maguire. <laughs> it's me show me the money you complete me <laughs> <laughs> to be Jerry Maguire saying the two lines I know from this film, but also know were not said by me. Jerry Maguire, ha ha ha, I'm going to jump on a couch. <laughs> now just tell me, Finn, what's the plot of this laying with Pranger film? <laughs> we're, fine, we're ready to shoot. What set should they build? Ha hey, ha. Hey, Wait, wait, Jerry, Jerry, have you have you not read the script yet? No, there's no script. Wait, have, did, did I did I forget to write it? <laughs> That's right, you're in your underwear. This is all oh, a dream. No. Okay, so you wake up. You're in a therapist's office. Oh, uh, so, I'm I'm James I'm James Gandolfini. Okay, it's me, Lorraine Bracco. That's a crazy dream, but can you remember what was the <laughs> plot of laying with Pranger? Was Pranger a name? Why, why were you lying with him? 
Then Journey starts playing Cut to Black and Scene. So Finn, Colossus <laughs> of Rhodes, Shite or Sound, Shite, Shite, Shite. It's a shite. terrible movie. I, I'm really sad I watched it. I don't think it's terrible. I think it is a C- minus as opposed to an F. I mean, I'd say, like, watching it in the context of all of Leonie's other movies, it is terrible. Oh, I, I just think it falls within... I think if you were paying more attention than we were doing, which we were but we were paying attention. Mm. So this is where I think a difference in our ratings... See, so you gave it one star. Oh, I, I, I upgraded it to one and a half. One and a half. Because I've given too many one stars here <laughs> from a rating curve off. So it would just, like, for me... Because for me, the very fact that no one in this film visibly forgets their lines <laughs> <laughs> the camera is never seemingly accidentally out of focus and no point uh you know like at no point is there a close-up of a roman soldier who has a calculator wristwatch <laughs> like the fact that it, it exists and like there is basic continuity of action the shot reverse shot is good it like uh, it looks it's nice in 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 panora in in panavision makes that it a 2.5 it's like default film nothing good about it but i think it's default film which is still shite yeah what's a default film to you what's the perfectly average film so I, i'd say a perfectly average film uh, would be something like pitch perfect it's just like it's fine there's stuff in it that i really don't like there's stuff and there's stuff in it that's like there's like a few good jokes and it, I will uh, look at Anna Kendrick in, in any movie because I just enjoy looking at Anna Kendrick. It's a totally middling movie. So perfectly average film for me. The exact average film is, I think, um, well, I can think of as a good film. For some reason, my brain was being like The Lives of Others. Coneheads. Oh, no, not Coneheads. Yeah, Coneheads. That, that's... That, so, well, so like, C C Coneheads is a bad movie with a few really good elements, and I think that's what bumps <laughs> up to a 2.5 for me. Uh, okay. I think all, all, all the stuff with Michael McKean and David Spade yep. is really fucking funny, yep. and uh, all, all the body horror stuff is uh, harrowing and uh, disgusting, yep. and which is not what it's going for, but it, it's accidentally a very good body horror film. Okay. I just, yeah, I don't know. I do not know <laughs> what an air. This, I feel like... In a way, the experience of just like Colossus of Rhodes, watching Colossus of Rhodes, like the sense of losing time, like the fact we multiple times throughout it, we talked about how it, it, it is against the laws of physics like the laws of entropy and the linear movement of time that it is nearly a full hour shorter now it's 45 minutes yeah, yeah. shorter than once upon a time in the west which breezed by it's great yeah and then this it was just like and i could just feel myself kind of there were and, and like, but, but like by, by 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 like all measurements there is less happening than once upon a time in the west oh there is but, so much more yeah. dead space in that movie there's so much more just like the camera's just like looking at something or people are just like staring at each other yeah. but like that movie is so fucking like if, yeah. if, every moment of it is just masterful Colossus of Rhodes does not lack incident at mm. all um, and, and, it, and it is just I, like, I very quickly found myself doing you know like where you keep your like you, the things you do to keep yourself awake. Yeah. Well, I was like keeping my eyes open. Yeah, I, you're, I you're, kept shifting how I yeah, sit. You're, 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 you're like Mr. Bean and Mr. Bean's holiday. You know, you put, you put matchsticks in your eyes so, the, uh, so you keep your eyes on when you're driving at night. Mr. Bean's holiday, I'd call a perfectly average film. Hmm? Yeah. It's better than being the ultimate disaster movie. Yeah. It's fine. It's got, it's, it's, it's got, it's got Willem Dafoe in it. 
and Peter McNichol, and uh, someone who I always think is 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 Olga Kurylenko, but it's never it's not it's not her. No, but she's in one of the Johnny English movies. Of course, she is. Yeah, that seems cruel. Being like you have to be in both a cruel parody of a James Bond film and a Johnny English film. Now, Quantum of Solace isn't that bad. They don't think Car Chase is good. I rewatched it recently yeah. to, while taking a br- Like, I took as a breather between episodes of Forest of Love, I watched the opening Car Chase <laughs> uh, of Quantum of Solace. So next week we are doing Claire Denis' film Beau Travail, uh, which is a film about guys being dudes. Yeah. Ba- based on a story by Herman Melville. Mm-hmm. I believe that story is called uh, Moby Dick. <laughs> and uh, it, it is not. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're not totally sure uh, what... Uh, we're going to do with Bow Trail, but uh, you'll you'll find out next week, I guess. We've, we've got and a couple options. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Our theme song is The Nux by Kazam Blam. Check him out. Check out the album Trapezoid Way on Bandcamp. You can find me on all your most favorite social media uh, as at Youther Lives, U T H E R L I V E S. You you can find the show on Twitter at Shite Sound Pod, and you can email us at Shite Sound Pod at gmail.com. Check out our website at Shite and Sound.com. Uh, Hey, why not tell your friends if you like the podcast which like to get through this one um, oh, it's a bumpy road we yeah. know we've cut the bad bits and also uh, if if you like my opinions why not sign up for my newsletter at https colon slash slash www.bits.ly slash youth lives yeah, it, it's been a while since, since you put the newsletter out and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it coming back yeah I'm looking forward to doing it uh, uh, again um, you still don't want to say where you are on the social internet follow follow Finn on Letterboxd yeah movies are good even bad ones go Go watch watch them chatted to someone using the you know the little computers in the back of airplane seats where you can chat to people you've never done that no that sounds like a bad idea not just a random person no that sounds like a way to get flight planned (laughs) (laughs) so the way to get (laughs) what I was just trying to think of any airplane based thriller Um, I mean air forced one it's a good way to get (laughs) non-stopped it's a good way to get airplane it's a good way to get uh, airport. What, what what a film, airplane. Uh, it's it's a good way to get passenger fifty seven rings. <laughs> <laughs> rings.